You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, July 24th, 2022, and is entitled, Pray Big, Pray Hard, or Don't Pray at All. In most college towns in the summer, what people tend to notice is that Universities, even like Mary Hardin Baylor, will have sports camps all summer long. They do this to make money and to recruit and to get kids to come to their school, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes they have multiple camps, and the kids will come in, and if you see these kids, they'll oftentimes be wearing T-shirts that are kind of motivational T-shirts, whether it's baseball or basketball or football camps softball or whatever, they'll wear these t-shirts that'll say right across, right across the front, it'll say things like, go big or go home. Or they use this in basketball, come hard or don't come at all. These are just motivational slogans, slogans to inspire each other to say, if you're going to do this, let's give it all. Bring it. There has to be some sweat sacrifice, maybe even some tears, sometimes even blood, sweat, and tears for them to become victorious and whatever and successful. I very much appreciate these attitudes, and I think sometimes we need these attitudes ourselves in the church when it comes to our prayer life. And we need to start praying big and praying hard, but don't pray at all. We hear today that, you know, ask and you'll receive. You may say, well, I pray for things that doesn't happen. Would James tell us in James chapter 4, he says, you ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly and with the wrong attitudes. So what is he talking about? You keep reading, he said, sometimes we just pray as if God is some kind of, let me, I wrote it down here, some kind of spiritual vending machine or cosmic genie. We have a God who asks us for sacrifice because he sacrificed for us. And then he wants us to pray big. Pray for big things like salvation. Pray for a miracle and trust that miracles can and do happen. But he wants us to participate. Sometimes in blood, sweat, and tears. We know with the people of Israel, the huge, famous miracles that happened in Exodus when the Israelites were up against the Red Sea surrounded by the Egyptian army. Some of them gave up. Oh, we're dead. Why do you bring us out here? But we know that some of them were praying hard on their knees with sweat and with tears. God, save us. And God, we trust in you. It wasn't just Moses. But my Moses' authority, there was a miracle that happened. And we all know what that was. We know that they were walking in the desert starving. Many of them grumbled again. They gave up, stopped praying, grumbled against Moses. But some of them were praying hard with sweat and with tears. God save us. We trust in you. And then manna comes down from the sky. 
But we also know that part of our tradition is sometimes praying for miracles can take decades. On the feast of St. Monica, we remember that she prayed for 30 years for the conversion of her son, St. Augustine, and that he was absolutely lost in a sinful life for decades. And then I'm sure people said to her, oh, he's a lost cause. Forget it, move on. He had a terrible daddy. But she kept praying for decades through lots and lots of tears. We know that she cried herself often. Please save my son. And after 30 years, he became one of our greatest saints. Much of our theology comes from him. We can keep pointing back and say thank you not just to him, but to her who persevered in, for, in prayer through lots of tears and sweat. Because I think God does want to work miracles in our life. But he wants us to participate. He wants us also to sacrifice. Because sometimes miracles could happen and we didn't even see them coming. Even in our own country's history, for hundreds of years, slavery was part of who we were. And I'm sure those slaves, after decades and lifelong generations of slavery, they probably thought, it's never going to change, just the way things are. And just like that, in 1863, after lots of bloodshed, lots of bloodshed, tears and sweat, they were freed in 1863 and 1864. And it actually took 100 years to sort of get our mind around it, 100 years to recover. But I think many of them were probably shocked and stopped praying. But somebody was. Somebody was on their knees with tears and sweat praying for a miracle. And I say this part of even by confession. There are things that happened that I didn't even see coming. If you would have told me a year ago that, hey, Father, you know that Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned in a year, I would have scoffed. I would have said, come on. We've been doing this for decades. But somebody was praying hard, and out of nowhere, that evil decision dropped like a rock. And I remember specifically, we used to pray out in front of the Planned Parenthood, and we'd be talking and praying our rosaries, but there was always somebody who was on their knees, on the concrete. Usually it was a woman who had experienced abortion herself, praying and crying. And her knees looked pretty torn up. She was praying hard. She was bringing it big. And I wish I could go back and find her and say thank you, because we were not. We were kind of resound. This is the way the world is. She was playing rightly. She was bringing it big. She was praying hard. So I think what St. James was talking about when he says we pray wrongly, we often pray just for success and an easy life, sometimes even for God to bail us out. But I think it's for us Catholics to keep in mind that Jesus saved us with blood, sweat, and tears. Lots of bloodshed. Lots of tears and lots of sweat. And I think this points us back to this amazing story 
of Abram in the book of Genesis. It's a beautiful story of kind of Abram walking next to God. God's on his way to judge Sodom and Gomorrah because Sodom and Gomorrah are oozing in sin, not just sins against God and each other, but even sins against nature. And I think we're tempted to look at Abram and say, he's like a good car salesman. What about 45? What about 40? Would you go for 30? I don't think that's what's going on here at all. I think he's walking through the desert and with lots of sweat and tears in his eyes, he's, inter, he's interceding for people he might know in Sodom and Gomorrah. If you find just 20, would you, would you not do it? What about 10? And I think there's tears streaming from his eyes because no, he knows what goes on back there. And then God says to this man who is following, sweating, and crying, if I find 10, okay, okay. Now we know what happened. That God didn't even find 10 there. But Abram, Abraham was a man of resolve and peace and surrender. Because we also know that a few chapters later, God will ask him to sacrifice his own son through sweat and tears and blood. I think we need to be not just more active, but even more physical in our prayer life. As Catholics, we know that we pray, pray and sacrifice, pray and fast. It gives our prayers turbo boosters. And I say this also, I think, especially around the time of July and August, every year here in Texas, people are always saying, hey, pray for rain. All right, go ahead. It'll rain. But I think we should pray big. Pray for conversion of people's souls, and maybe through sweat and tears. Maybe we ought to, just for five minutes, you could do this just by walking outside in the 106 degrees and pray a decade of the rosary. And it's going to be real uncomfortable. And if you don't like the heat, maybe you're living in the wrong state. I don't know. <laughs> um, but there's huge things to pray for. Pray for the miracle of healing of families. Because broken families are the enemy in the work of the devil. Broken marriages. If we can heal marriages, we can save the world. And I believe that. But to save marriages, sometimes it does take sweat and tears and sacrifice. Some years ago at, an, at another church, there was a married couple who was struggling who came to my office. And this married couple had experienced infidelity in their marriage. Now, there was forgiveness and reconciliation. But the man would go to work every day and the person he committed adultery with, was there every day, and it was killing his wife. It was killing her and killing them. She was, it was hurting, because he you know every day he would go to work and see the other woman. And all of a sudden, it came up in the conversation, would it heal this marriage? You may have to sacrifice. You may have to quit your job. You may have to move. You may have to give up your hobbies and your friends. And I could see that it was hitting him. This was going to take sacrifice, tears, sweat. It was going to be really uncomfortable. 
I'd like to be able to say that he did and it, it was reconciled, but I don't know what happened to that couple. I actually never saw them again. But we, we can't just treat God as a spiritual vending machine or cosmic genie. Just fix my marriage, fix my family. He goes, I sacrifice blood, sweat, and tears for you. Now, what are you going to do? Because prayer is a two-way street. You know, we say and we hear, God answers all prayers. Sometimes he answers no. Start praying to win the lotto. <laughs> so like I said, I think we need to start praying big and bring it. Go big, go hard. Pray with our whole bodies. And again, it is the Lord who gives us the example. Many of you in here have a devotion to the rosary. If you don't, I would encourage it. And on Tuesdays and on Fridays, for a whole decade of the rosary, we meditate on the agony in the garden. And I think the agony in the garden, in many ways, may have been the hardest part of the passion. You're free to disagree. But when Jesus was in that garden, he was, all kinds of fluids were coming out of his body. Blood, sweat, and tears. He was praying, let this cup pass by me. That's a huge prayer. And we know in that particular prayer, the answer was no. This is the way it's got to go down. But we also send in the scriptures that Jesus experienced peace and surrender, as if to say, bring it, let's do it. This is the hugest prayer that we have, the sacrifice of the mass. So let that be our model. Now, am I asking to go outside and kneel on the hot concrete and whip yourself? No, no, don't do that. But a little fasting, a little discomfort here and there. We had a priest come in and with the, the youth group and we knelt down right, kind of right here on the hard floor and said our rosary. And at one point he said, okay, if your knees start to hurt, and I thought he was going to say, go ahead and sit down. He said, if your knees start to hurt, look at his knees. As if to say, no, you'll be all right. You're not going to die. A little discomfort gives our prayer turbos. It really is going big and going hard. We pray with our own bodies to pray like Jesus. And to remember that Jesus and God, the Trinity, is not a spiritual vending machine or a cosmic genie, but a God who loves with his, loved us with his very body. And that if we have something we want to pray for big, then to pray big. So if I can share with you one experience that I had when I was still a seminarian, this was in 2002, our seminary had asked five or six of us to go on retreat in January, but to go on an ecumenical retreat. So what does that mean? They asked us to go on a retreat with other denominations. There was in New Braunfels, they had a retreat. They had 70 other seminarians from all other different denominations, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, Baptists. We even had some Jewish rabbis. And we had Baptists and fundamentalists, all kinds and the theme was leadership and priesthood even. And for me, it was a moving week. 
I'll tell you right now, I never was more thankful to be Catholic than I was on that week. I went home and actually thanked my parents. Thank you for raising me Catholic. But each group, as the week went on, had to give a presentation on their particular tradition, denomination. And we went last. Thank God we went last. Because first the Methodists went and talked about how Jesus turned away from Israel and the Jewish tradition. And then the Jewish rabbis, all hell broke loose. They got mad and stormed out. Then the Presbyterians went and ticked off the Baptists. They got up and walked out. Then the Baptists went, oh my gosh. Somebody asked them, why don't you ordain women? And all the women got up and walked out. And then it was our turn. <laughs> and so we kind of huddled. We kind of huddled the day of. And one of the guys looked at me and goes, John, we think you should give the presentation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. So another guy, his name is Isaac, now Father Isaac. He goes, I think we should pray. Okay, let's pray. He goes, no, we need to pray big. What do you mean? Let's go outside and do the stations of the cross. There's no crosses outside. Well, we can make it up. Let's just go and do it from memory. So we went outside. It was in January. It was miserable. And we did the stations of the cross as best that we could from memory. And you guys know this. If you haven't been in shape in a while, doing those, we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you. And like, oh, gosh. But we did it, and it was not comfortable. It was cold and miserable. And we're wrestling with trying to remember the various prayers. But then we came in. I gave my presentation. It was a couple of, couple of good questions. And then at one point I said, okay, are there any questions? <laughs> and then I remember there was a female rabbi stood up and I said, okay, here it comes. And she said, sir, could you speak about the priest scandal? And so all of us, myself and all the seminarians, shared our disappointment, our hurt, our betrayal, and how we were going through that scandal because it was 2002. And by miracles of miracles, here comes an Episcopalian priestess and a Jewish rabbi and, and a fundamentalist walking up to us saying, hey, good job. Thank you for that presentation. That, to me, was a miracle. And why did that happen? I think because Isaac said, we need to pray big, we need to pray hard. Because if we're not this place, all hell could break loose again. So I would ask, challenge all of you, think of something big. Pray hard. Pray big or go home. Pray hard and don't pray at all. And maybe ask a little bit of, Lord, let me find a, a little way to be uncomfortable in our prayer. And remember what his, our salvation cost a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And I think if we're going to pray hard, ask us that ask all of us to pray with a little discomfort, knowing that his will will be done and he wants us to be at peace and surrender to his will to be part of the sacrifice and to pray big and to pray hard, but don't pray at all. You've been listening to Fidane Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.